0: United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially, no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
1: Kick it! Make family out of friends. Make friends out of enemies. Peace to my family.
2: Ah, the arduous task of listing and ranking my favorite albums of the year. It's here. It's a highly anticipated hour as I face the finality of my decision and the ripple effects of sharing my opinions with the world. There is tension. I feel it. This year, I've chosen 23 full length albums to highlight, 23 albums I'm willing to call on the record my favorites. I don't know really what's going to happen once I unleash this list, the reverberations and repercussions of which have yet to be measured. How will they be measured? Tape, stick, ruler, some type of meter, perhaps an asthmatic's peak flow meter? Why? Silly question. This list is going to take your breath away. Thankfully, eh, but not really. There are several ongoing wars throughout the world currently, so I can't be blamed for that, Uh, fortunately, but also not really. We're heading into an election year in the U.S., so large political shifts are imminent. Heads are scheduled to roll, is what I'm saying. Uh, This list is not the guillotine. That's just the world being what it is. Don't blame me. It's not my fault. Unless your feet get cold, of course. If those tootsies start to tingle and numbness kind of sets in, I'll take the blame for that. Because for the next hour and change, I will rock your socks completely off unapologetically. No piggies will be spared. There may be some actual apologies, actually. Actually, let's... Let's start with apologies. Apology number one. I'm sorry that this list does not include any of the great jazz records that were released in 2023. It did. Specifically, Yusef Day's Black Classical Music and Cautious Clay's Carpe. I removed them at the last minute on account of I don't cover jazz on Getting It Out Podcast or Out.net, At least not yet. Now, I've been pretty loud about it, but in case you don't remember all the details of my life in the last quarter of the year, specifically, I've become a dedicated student to the genre of jazz. That means I listened to a lot of records and read a single book, by the way, just one. Shout out to Mark Meyer's 2013 book, Why Jazz Happened, for informing most of my knowledge on the subject. Another shout out to the Mannheim Township Library for supplying the book. Books. Make that plural. The Carmelo Anthony autobiography was great as well informative and touching even the library has information for free i've lost track let's get back to jazz or the lack thereof on this list what's my favorite style of the genre i don't know it might be hard bop it could be post bop but it certainly ain't bebop call me conditioned on a childhood of teenage mutant ninja turtles universe but bebop and rocksteady are enemies until the end that's just the way it is you can mutate and dress up a boar and a wolf all you want but they still oink and wolf and what's worse than that probably the smell Speaking of fusion, jazz fusion is the most digestible subgenre, and I find it particularly interesting. The classics are classics, and I bet you know them even if you don't think you do. That's the mark of music that makes an impact. Don't like jazz? You're lying to yourself. I used to, too. But in 2023, I learned to embrace the genre. Yet I'm a novice, and I don't trust my ears yet. Jazz is off the list for 2023. Apology number two. There are no hip-hop or rap records on this list. There never really were, if I'm being honest. I listened to a few that I immediately recognize as awesome. Killer Mike's Michael would be on the list. Logic's College Park would also be included. As would all 17 of the new records Nas released in the last calendar year. Okay, it was only three. Doesn't that sound ridiculous, though, putting the word only in front of the word three when discussing how many albums an artist has released in the span of 365 days? That's a percentage of almost 1% of the year. That's dropping a record approximately every 122 days. That's a new album every four fucking months. He's been on this streak for nearly three years. Don't check the math. It's close enough. What the fuck is this man doing? How the fuck is this man doing it? The sheer quality and quantity of his recorded output is astounding. Other artists don't even put out records anymore. He's dropping 45-minute bangers like it's nothing. It's pretty remarkable. So why aren't any of the aforementioned records on this list? I just don't listen to them enough, all right? Hip-hop is simply not on my headphones regularly. I hear something that I think is great, I appreciate it, but rarely do I revisit. Unless you're willing to count Pete Rock and CL Smooth's 1992 hit, They Reminisce Over You, T-R-O-Y, which I have played no less than 50 times in 2023, but that's the Wonder Years' fault. Not the band, never heard them. It's the TV show, not the one you're thinking about. It was the new Wonder Years reboot, which features a black family in the same era as the original. It's a different perspective. We like it at my house. At least most of us do. I think that's probably debatable. Anyway, there was one episode where the main character was trying to nail a saxophone part for a school band. A little fancy lick that makes up the majority of the backing track of They Reminisce Over You. At least uh, at least the part you're probably thinking about where it comes from. Is a one minute and 40 second mark of Tom Scott and the California Dreamers today released in 1967. My 10 year old daughter got the full breakdown while held hostage in the passenger seat on a long car ride. Ask her for the full details of my presentation, but that's the gist. Okay. That's the lesson of how sampling works at least at 80 miles per hour on the Pennsylvania turnpike. Unfortunately, songs released in 1992 do not qualify for 2023 so there'll be no rap or hip-hop on this list. Apology number three. Can't think of one yet. I'm sure I'll think of one by the end of this. So let's get moving for now. Let's go straight into album number 23 on the official Getting It Out Top 23 of 2023 Album of the Year list. On February 24th, decibel records had their second official release with venomous concepts the good ship lollipop ask me pre-2023 what i thought about venomous concept and i would have had nothing for you not that i didn't know the band i certainly did how dare you I considered it just another grindcore project from Brutal Truth's Kevin Sharp and Napalm. That's Shane Embry with a dash of Poison Idea inspired hardcore punk. Poison Idea, Venomous Concept. Do you hear or see the connection? Allow me to break it down. Poison equals Venomous. Idea equals Concept. Understood? Anyway, I wouldn't have been wrong either. That's what it was. Who could argue? Email me at dan at gettingitout.net if you choose, but it's a waste of your time. Would the band argue? Perhaps. I spoke with Kevin Sharp about the record for episode 268 back in early January. I'm not sure he remembers, but I know I do. Actually, I think he forgot the conversation as it happened. Never in my life have I been asked, what are we talking about so many times? Never in my life can I imagine a scenario where that might happen again. Regardless, the good ship lollipop rocks. And that's the big difference between it and the band's previous releases. This is a rock record, and it's a really fucking good one. But despite my opinion on its quality, apparently not everyone else agreed. In fact, the change in sound left the band without a willing label to release the record. That is until Decibel Magazine picked it up and chose to release it. In our conversation, Kevin expressed that he and Shane allowed for more spontaneous songwriting on the good ship lollipop. The end result was like a driving rock and roll record that's easily digestible despite the fellow's trademark acerbic wit. And that accessibility is best exemplified in the post-punk drenched fractured. Coming in at number 22, Restraining Orders, Locked in Time, released July 21st on Triple B Records. Hardcore punk. We don't need to litigate the term, do we? Maybe we do, but we won't. There's not enough time, nor enough patience. Not patience in the medical sense. There are plenty of them. Those patients are in the purgatory of church, basement, AA meetings, in the retirement communities that they won't live long enough to inhabit. Because every day... They are dying on new hills built on what is, was, isn't, and will never be hardcore in Facebook groups across the metaverse. I don't have patience for those patients. I grew up with a sign in my front yard that read, Slow children, but I'll outrun any invalid ready to have discourse on genre boundaries established by teenagers 40 fucking years ago. It's just not worth it. Having said that, nobody is going to argue that New England's restraining Order is a bona fide hardcore punk band. Four years ago, they planted a foot in the ass of the collective hardcore scene with This World Is Too Much, that record sound, and even its, uh, its iconic cover art set an impossibly high bar for the band to reach on their follow-up effort. So they took their time. With drummer Will Hurst engineering and producing the band focused on the nuances of their sound, the result is locked in time a more diverse and melodic approach to hardcore punk that sounds exactly like hardcore and punk is it a step in an inevitable evolution maybe the abstract cover art suggests restraining order is willing to step outside or on top of whatever boxes exist what's more hardcore punk than that Black metal. What an interesting little genre of music you are. Equally vicious and silly at times? Honestly, I, I don't always get it. Uh, when I don't, I make fun of it. There's too much low-hanging fruit to resist. I gorge myself on the corpse paint, the imagery, the whole the blackness of it all. It's hard to say what makes uh, traditional black metal appealing to me. I don't know what exactly separates what I like from what I don't. Venom, yes! Bathory... Eh, fine. Dark Throne, give it to me, baby. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Emperor, I guess so. Uh, But as far back as I can recall, I've loved blasting my ears to bits with the signature black metal of Krieg, a domestic product, a rarity for the genre, led by Neil Jameson. Krieg has been bumming folks out for a few decades at this point. In fact, it's almost been 10 years since the last full-length album, it should have been ten years. You should have waited out. You don't release an album in nine years; you release it in ten. But anyway, it's already happened. Earlier this year, Jameson and crew coughed up Ruiner, a record that sounds uh, refreshingly familiar. I'll let Neil explain from episode three hundred and forty-seven earlier this year.
0: After the last album, there, were, you know, there's a lot of self-imposed pressure on me where I thought, you know we really had to do something huge to to really kind of, you know, break through. We were talking about going to to God city to record. We were going to do an album that sounded like later period killing joke, you know, like all all these, all these grand plans that just kind of fizzled out and just the weight of this expectation that I had to do this incredible album and that that was going to be my last chance to, you know, quote unquote, make it just really soured things for me. And so now, like, I, I don't give a fuck. I, I'm I'm back to making music that I want to hear for myself, which I haven't done since I was a kid. I mean, I used to do that, you know, my demos and maybe kind of the first album. And then once you start publicly releasing things, then, you know, you have people that are they have, you know, they're, they're either fans or they have obvious opinions about you. And so you, you kind of you try to block that noise out, but it, it eventually kind of, you know, just makes its way in and so i was far enough removed from that that i could actually sit down and be like okay well these are the records that i'm listening to a lot now and this is where my influences are and this is what i'd like to write about how i'd like the thing to sound and i mean we didn't even really plan to to do the record we did three songs last september which were going to be for the split with withdrawal and they just turned out to be Different than we were expecting, uh, and we were really, really excited about. It, so we went back in the, the studio in January and, and did five more songs. And instead of you know the the grand plans of recording it, you know, God City or Machines with Magnets or, or something like that, we recorded you know in, in fucking uh, basically a s- rehearsal room in, in Philly and. It just it felt a lot better and to, to go back to that kind of level and then really just focus in on what I wanted out of things instead of what my perception of what other people would want
2: when he says it that way refreshingly familiar kind of makes sense as a phrase black metal was all sorts of things in 2023 like most genres though the umbrella has gotten bigger and the space beneath it more crowded Uh, neil and his boys are effectively saying fuck that and they're stepping back out in the rain corpse paint be damned you know this music was meant to be miserable anyway I think there's a dead child on the cover of this next record. That's too upsetting. I'm positive there is a lifelike doll in an upright coffin on the cover of this record. That's a little bit better, right? Uh, Barely. (laughs) Good Lord, why do we do this? Why do we, the collective we, as fans of extreme music, of course, embrace the absolute ugliest parts of life in our favorite means of entertainment? It's not just us, right? I guess uh, death and destruction fucking sells and we all know it. Power violence just does it differently. Differently as in in your fucking face differently. Washington, D.C.'s brain tourniquet does power violence differently. However, it's going to be easiest to call brain tourniquet a power violence ban. They, of course, are, but there are also other stuff, too. They hinted at other stuff with their first two EPs, 2019's Self-Titled and 2022's Two. That's a lot of twos. There's a lot of slugginess and abbreviated doom parts with a lot of Rollins-era Black Flag feel, but they always make it back to playing fast, aggressive, hardcore punk, power violence. But it's that other stuff that makes an expression in pain so goddamn appealing. They released the record February 24th on Iron Lung Records, which has become a home for a shitload of excellent records. Wound Man, Electric Chair, Gehenna, Iron Lung. Like a West Coast answer to To Live records. Anyway, I'm off track. Guitarist, vocalist, and basketball fan Connor Donegan leads this power trio. And when you consider that in the band's hostile yet expansive sound, it makes a little more sense. As a member of genocide Pack innumerable forms, line-of-sight, protester, red death, pure disgust, just to name a few, Brain Tourniquet feels like a spirit distilled from a mash bill of his other work. Brain Torniquet feels comfortable getting doomy and sludgy in those parts that might sound forced from other bands on other records. It's all so fucking natural here. And on each of their records leading up till now and on this one, they end with long, bummer-inducing moments that actually bring me back for more. It's like this record hyperventilates and then uh, gasps for air for long periods of time. It's, uh, it's ups and downs, peaks and valleys, some people might say, but I think it's better than that. It's more dynamic than that. Throw a couple hiccups in there, a bit of vomit, hyperventilate, gasp for breath, have an anxiety attack. That's the experience of listening to an expression in pain by Brain Tourniquet. And who wouldn't love that? As best as I can recall, I only attended one concert in the year of 2015. There were some uh, relatively dark times in my life. Not the darkest, but dim enough that my friend David picked me up in his Honda Fit, and I was impressed. I legitimately thought it was a cool car. That's how low my standards were. Blown away by a backup camera. Uh, If you need more evidence, I have it. Uh, But I'm not going to tell you. It's actually pretty embarrassing. and culminates with someone going to jail, not me. In fact, I wasn't even there, but the association was damning enough. I look back and I shudder. That's the year I officially decided to leave Baltimore City. If all I did was work, then why bother living in one of the most dangerous cities in the country? Just the thrill, you know, the wonder of how far do I have to park away from my house today? What will that walk home be like? How much does my neighbor really hate me? Anyway, that one show that I attended was at Baltimore Soundstage featuring Gothenburg, Sweden's Graveyard. I didn't know very much about them. I was invited along, but happy to check them out as I knew at the very least that they rocked. Despite my era of low standards, Graveyard blew me away in that sparsely attended venue on a weeknight. I remember standing like dead center in the middle of the room and uh, had a lot of room to myself. I could have done the James Ismeen tornado mosh and not hit a single person. It would have looked out of place at that show. Not appropriate. But when is it, really? Since then, I've held the band in high regard and have been thankful for what they did for me that night. It was a bright spot in a bad year. It should come as no surprise, though, that on their sixth album, The Cleverly titled 6, Joaquin Nilsson and company are still dishing out excellent psychedelic blues rock. Though in 2023, it feels like they've stripped it all down to the bare necessities. Way more rock and roll. As evidenced on the cautiously slow opener, Godnet, the band does not seem desperate to please. It's like a trepidatious path to a bohemian oasis that starts with twice. We'll call it the hit single from the record. And from there, it just kind of ebbs and flows with tones and rhythms and songwriting that feels so pleasant to me. There's one track titled Sad Song that to me sounds like Raylan Baxter singing the track. I don't know who actually is doing vocals. It's probably not him. It wouldn't make sense, but I love it. It's just nice and calm and so soothing to my ears but it's a consistency throughout 6 and a confidence that graveyard play with that makes it number 19 on my favorite albums of 2023. comes up everybody's always quick to talk about the uh tragedy and the loss of life and all those bummer inducing feelings things things that i don't like but hey they happened so uh whatever i guess we gotta uh, we gotta acknowledge them right they did in fact exist or cease to exist you could say but we did get a lot of cool things out of the years 2020 and 2021 my favorite was working from home and I refuse to apologize about that. I loved the fact that we didn't go anywhere for two years. I loved being stuck inside the house with my family and having a temporary excuse to never go anywhere, or do anything with anybody. That was great. I really, truly enjoyed that. The next best thing that came from the pandemic was something we'll reluctantly call a super group, though I'm not being reluctant. I love calling it a super group because it's a great group of super dudes with big time talent in the world of metallic, hardcore, heavy metal, death metal, whatever you want to call it. The group I'm referring to, of course, is n led by Dominic Romeo. You may know him as a guitarist for Pulling Teeth and Integrity. He also runs A389 Records and has been in a host of other bands. His discography is long and exhausting. I suggest you look it up and listen to it every single second. And while you're doing that, you'll have to include the number 19 album on this list, And Rain's The Way of All Flesh is Decay, which was released July 14th on Relapse Records. Dom recruited a few buddies for this record. All Out Wars, Mike score on vocals, Pig Destroyer and Misery Index drummer Adam Jarvis, bassist Art Legere, who used to be in Bloodlet, and Sebastian Phillips of Exhumed and Noisem on second guitar. The result of this combination is a 10-song LP recorded with Len Carmichael at Landmine Studios in New Jersey. It brings together everything you might love about bands like cro or Bathory or Slayer or Amoebix or the legendary Pink Dots, even Integrity and Full of Hell. Romeo assembled all his friends and influences to make one hell of a record. And it was a pleasure to watch it from beginning to end. When I talked to him on episode 312 of Getting It Out podcast, here's what he had to say about how it all came together.
0: I mean, t- 2020 is when it all started when I was just recording demos during uh, COVID, I had this idea to just write a bunch of different songs and make a mixtape just for my own amusement. Like I was even going to record it on one of those like old Maxell cassette tapes. And the idea was just to write a bunch of different songs and have a bunch of different people be on it and amuse myself while the rest of my w- life was falling apart. <laughs> Trying to figure <laughs> out, the, uh, you know, coping mechanism. But um, we, Mike and I did um an early version of House of Thieves together. I remember he didn't know how to work any sort of home recording gear either. So he just yelled into a pair of headphones that he plugged into the mic jack. (laughs) And, but it sounded really cool. And I was like, you know, we should do more with this. This came out really awesome. And that's kind of how it started.
2: Thankfully, from those humble beginnings, the band transformed into a juggernaut. And while it might only exists just this once one record it might be all we get from endbrain that remains to be seen i'm glad we got what we have the way of all flesh is decay is an excellent addition to the genre of metallic hardcore take this track chaos masked as order as a prime example like to think about the ocean uh too in depth it scares me same thing with cancer i know it's coming for all of us but it scares me i try to avoid it i don't need to go too deep all right just let me live surface level and uh oblivious same goes for black metal i'll make the parallel don't tell me what is what isn't what is correct what's not i don't care that's that's just kicking me out man sometimes you get too deep on some black metal bands and you go wish i hadn't looked." You know, I'm pretty glad to say I know I won't ever have that problem with Panopticon, led by Austin lawn I've done a little bit of research. Special thanks to Decibel Magazine for the most recent cover story. But I've also done a lot of listening to this band over the years. The records are expansive and always time consuming, but it always pays off. The same can be said for their latest record, The Rhyme of Memory, which came out November 29th of this year and is the 18th album on the top 23 of 2023 list. The first time I heard it, I knew I was going to add it. It was pretty simple. I didn't know where, and it might even go further up the list as time goes by. But this is it, officially on the books as number 18. And like I said, this album is long, so it's hard to share songs because the individual songs uh, typically reach the 10-minute mark. And to drop one of them in here uh, wouldn't work, to say the least. So I will play you a clip, but first I want to go back to that cover story I mentioned on Decibel Magazine. It's the December issue, by the way, features the top 40 of 2023. They do a better job than me in nearly everything. If you want to know more about this and their top 40 records of the year, I suggest you pick it up. It's probably not available on newsstands, but I bet it is because who's running the newsstands anyway? Where are the newsstands? Huh? What's going on? Who's buying magazines off the rack wherever you're at? I respect it. Go to your Barnes and Nobles, pick up a copy. I don't know. Whatever you do, do it. Subscribe, okay? That's the easier option. By the way, subscribe to the podcast while you're subscribing to Decibel Magazine. Do us all a favor, be informed. Anyway, here's a quote that I want to share from that article that I thought was really something. And maybe I enjoyed it because I'm a parent, but it speaks to the depth of the music on the rhyme of memory. Here it is. Life is constant chaos that we're making sense of. As we live in the chaos, it's so overwhelming. And then we look back on it and it looks so sweet. And we go, man, if I could just relive that, if I could just hold my son as an infant again, one more time. When I was getting puked on all the time, it was a different feeling. Social media is a great way to determine which one of your friends are about to get a divorce. Are they overly complimentary about their spouse? Are they flowery, bubbly about the success and love in their relationship? Trust me, that shit's on the rocks. It's ready to blow. It's going to go anytime soon. Don't get involved. Just sit back. Don't even watch. Just turn around later when they're making this single parent posts. It's coming. At least that's how it usually happens. Maybe the way we use social media is going to change in the near future or already has. I don't really know. I try not to use it personally, uh, only professionally. And I put professionally in big time quotes because nothing I do here is professional. But often when a relationship of any kind is on the rocks, you hear a lot of noise contrary to that fact. Sometimes, though, people are just like, hey, we're done. Sorry, we didn't tell you none of your business. And they are absolutely right And apparently that was the case for Hotlanta's hard rock act Royal Thunder following their last album, Wick. So in 2023, when they announced their new record, Rebuilding the Mountain on Spines Farm Records, I had no idea that since the last time we heard from them that they had, in fact, kind of almost completely broken up. Yet they reformed, got sober as a unit and released one of their strongest records to date. On episode 313 of Getting It Out Podcast, I had the pleasure of speaking with guitarist Joshua Weaver about the new record and how it's different from previous material. And here's what he had to say.
3: The band dissipated having a time period in my life where I got things in order, you know, and, and you know, quit drinking, quit partying, like, and really made the music number one again in my life. And also, you know, getting back together with Evan You know, during the pandemic, that was awesome. You know, I mean, we all had at that point worked through a lot of personal stuff in our lives and were able to like communicate with one another, to make peace, and to actually like, you know, come back together and and play, you know. And in that, you know, we started demoing and during COVID, you know, remotely. And, you know, we hit up Spine Farm and like they, you know, we told them, hey, we're, we're, We really want to do another record. We're serious about this. And like a lot has changed. We're ready to do it right. And the fact that they gave us another chance, you know, and believed in us, it's really awesome. So the story behind it all, I mean, I guess is that like the motivation and is like coming out of a very hard time in our life, you know, coming out of, you know, overcoming personal stuff that had built up over time that was overlooked. You know, it's like it's really easy to get in the habit of going to the bar and not facing shit in your life that you need to. But actually looking at it, dealing with it and and um, moving forward and trying to grow, trying to do the best you can with what you got, you know, and that's kind of it. You know, it's like we, we came out of a dark spot and I think that there's darkness in that album, but there's also, I think. Oh.
2: i hear the hope too not only in the album but also in that conversation the birds were a nice touch i feel they were there for the whole interview if you want to go back and listen to it like i said it's episode 313 but if you'd rather move on and check out a track from rebuilding the mountain here i offer you the knife When you divide 23 by three, you get 7.666666667. We'll round up and say eight. And what you just heard were the first eight albums on the gettingitout.net top 23 of 2023. So that's where we're going to stop for this round. Two more episodes to come recapping my favorite records of 2023. Is that too much? Probably, but it's not going to stop me. Who do you think will be on the rest of the list? What albums do you think I have determined the best of a single calendar year? You can use context clues from the website, from the podcast, from all the things I've said over the last year to figure it out. Or you can just listen for the next two episodes of Getting It Out podcast, where we finish up this list of the top 23 of 2023. Until then, keep your nonsense to yourself. Bye-bye.